This is a presentation of the Trine Broadcasting Network, part of the Center for Sports Studies at Trine University. Learn more at trine.edu. You're listening to The Assist with Trevor Hart. All right, welcome back. So the draft passed us already. That means it's getting ready for free agency. The day of this episode will be released. Fingers crossed. Um, it'll be the start of free agency. Uh, we've already had rumors leaking out about where people are going to go. Uh, apparently Jalen Brunson's going to go to the Knicks for a lot of money. So um, we'll see how that goes. I don't think it'll go too well just because... I don't think Jalen Brunson's that guy that the Knicks think he's going to be, but he could absolutely prove me wrong. I think he's a great NBA – I think he's a good NBA player. It's just that I think that he's better in that position, you know, where he's alongside a Luka Doncic like he has been in Dallas where it's just, you know, been a really solid player. But, um, yeah, so drafts is past us. So I'm going to talk a little bit about that. And then – I don't know what is up with this, but people keep drafting in the same position, the same draft, so I'm going to talk about that through the years. So, yeah, let's go ahead and jump into it. All right, so my thoughts on the draft. Um, overall, it was all right. I mean, you can't really tell. You can really just give, here's why, who I think fits where and all that. Um, I'm not 100% sure about Keegan Murray to Sacramento. I've... Knew he was always being talked about as a top five guy. But at the same time, it's kind of like, I just don't see where he'd fit in the league. So, um, yeah, Sacramento's got another guy where um really got to work with him, in which they have a lot of those guys, so we'll see how that goes. That whole rant that I went on last week about, um you know, Woj swallowing the draft, ended up being wrong. Powell Bencaro went number one, then Chet Holmgren, and then Jabari Smith Jr. So, um, yeah, we have that going. So, draft wasn't exactly ruined. But then again, they still have those things where five picks ahead. They're going to say, well, here's what they're targeting. And um, Jaden Ivey going to Detroit. Um, I hope, and I've, I've, I've said this to people, I was like, I hope that he breaks the mold of Purdue guys in the NBA just because it hasn't been that great. For Purdue guys in the NBA, it's been like that for Big Ten guys. If you haven't listened to that episode, go check that one out. But, um, yeah, I'm excited for Jaden. Especially, I mean, well, here's the problem. I'm not 100% sure where I go to college and where I live now if I'll be able to watch games. Because, for some reason, YouTube TV assumes that I have local listings in Detroit because trying is so close to Michigan. But I don't. So uh, I really do rely on stuff like that, you know, to watch a Pistons game or a Pacers game. Even the Cincinnati Reds, I like to watch them. And um, for some reason, the Colts is the only team where you can watch, but they're on national TV all the time. But, uh, yeah, so hopefully I'll be able to watch them uh, without any blackouts. So, yeah. Uh, Pacers overall, I really liked their draft. I really did. Just because... I've been hearing Matherin for like a month now uh, that the Pacers were going to get him. He was going to be slotted around six. So I was expecting it. And I mean, it's a lot of talk um, around him, and he's been talking a lot. He's already been in the news saying that um, LeBron's going to have to prove his greatness to him, which 
part of me likes and another part of me just really is like, man, don't, don't say anything until like, I don't know, <laughs> like five minutes before game time against the Lakers just because now LeBron's going to target him. LeBron, it's just, I, we're going to see how that game goes down the line, but, um, also having Andrew Nemhard, I think, um, that one's, he's, when I heard the name, I was like, oh, yes, let's go, just because, and I've been wrong about this a thousand times, but he was one of those guys where I've been watching throughout the year ever since Gonzaga's run last year, and he's just always somewhere, where it's like, man, he just seems so fluid, he knows where he is, he's an underrated passer, uh, he can obviously shoot the ball, and, um, yeah, just, I've been wrong about it a million times, I hope this one is right, and, um, let's see, who else did the Pacers get? Kendall Brown, that's who it was, uh, I think it's from Baylor, right, yeah, from Baylor, um, solid pick, I mean, for how late it was in that draft, I mean, it was a solid pick, um, I'm excited for this next year, the Pacers. It's a young team, very young. I mean, Buddy Heald, Tyrese Halberton, Jalen Smith. Uh, now those three guys. Pretty much the veteran of the team is Miles Turner and Malcolm Brogdon. And which the Lakers called and asked, uh, hey, what would you, how would you feel about Russell Westbrook for Malcolm Brogdon? And the Pacers declined, thank God, because, uh, yeah. Um, so that's Pacers. I think they're going to be, I don't know how good they'll be. They'll be around the, I would say around like that eight, nine seed in the East. Honestly, depends on how quick they get to work together and how good they work, you know, because you can throw a bunch of people on the floor and just be like, all right, work it out. And it, they won't work it out until, like, I don't know, January. So we'll see with that. But um, the other thing is that with the Thunder, they drafted and they drafted two and traded for one center. So they drafted two centers and traded for one. They drafted one guard. And um, I was like, why? Why do people do this? And... Cause, and I was always thinking back to, uh, I think it was 2017, I think, or 2016, when Phoenix just, they got Dragon Bender, Marquise Chris, like, that's always the first thought I had, and um, I'm like, why, 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 why do it? Because to me, drafting in the same position, even if your team is desperately in need, let's say, of a small forward. You still have a couple weeks to free agency. You're not going to be able to see this the guy you drafted play until Summer League. Or at least, like, the people won't. But, I mean, it's like, why not just bring in a veteran at small forward? They can take that new your new draftee under their wing, and they'll gain from it. I don't see the whole point of drafting two in the same position, because to me it seems like trial by fire and even if you're trying to save money on that which is ludicrous to me if you're trying to save money in the nba because i mean we've seen people be able to pay the luxury tax just because they want to win 
and I don't it just you can still sign people for a league minimum right when when you're in free agency so I don't understand it at all and I went back all the way to 2007 because honestly I'm kind of stupid because do you ever get that thing where it's like you still kind of think that it's like I don't know 2018 or something like that and you're like oh 2007 wasn't that long ago it's like it really was. Kevin Durant is going into his 15th or 14th or 15th season this this year, and that was 15 years ago we got drafted. So, um, yeah, I guess I went back 15 years and uh, just went through noting all the ones that um just went kind of the same position. Some of them were like close position wise, but they could flip. On position, so uh, I'm gonna talk about that. So in 2007, I never really thought about this, but Seattle drafted Kevin Durant and then traded for Jeff Green. This was in the Ray Allen trade. Uh, Jeff Green ended up going to Seattle. It was him, I forget who else, but it was for Ray Allen and Glenn Davis. Those were the picks. Or those were the guys that got traded. And unfortunately, I I don't really know if you say it worked out. Because, sure, like, Oklahoma State was always on the rise when um they when those two were together. But it was after they had traded Jeff Green to Boston, ironically, that um Thunder went to the championship. They made it to the finals and then, you know... They lost to LeBron in the Heat, but still, it just seems like one of those things where if you keep, and this is a huge hypothetical because I, I think Ray Allen was out the door, but if you ask Boston to pick someone else, like, let's see, who was drafted behind Jeff Green? Yijan Lon, Corey Brewer, Brandon Wright, Joakim Noah, Spencer Hawes, AC Law. If you would have asked Boston, hey, dra- would you be willing to draft Joakim Noah for us and we'll still, the trade would still go the same. It would just be Joakim Noah instead of Jeff Green. And, I mean, Joakim Noah was almost an MVP one year. I mean, defense player of the year a couple times. But, yeah, I mean, I seriously do think that you put Joakim Noah in that position, it just changes everything. Just because you don't know how good they do in that first year. That next year is when they draft Russell Westbrook. And then the year after that is when they draft James Harden. So it might change things up. So it probably worked out for the best in the end. But if you have Joakim Noah in that position, instead of Kendrick Perkins or Nenad Christic, even though I think he was gone at that point, I think he was in that Jeff Green trade. Um, I think having Joakim Noah instead of those guys is a vast improvement. So, and it's, yeah, it just, it worked out, but it kind of didn't because they didn't win. But nonetheless, that happened. Uh, Chicago, in the same year, 2007, they drafted Joakim Noah and then in the second round drafted Aaron Gray. And I thought, because I was like, I think, Aaron, I don't even know if Aaron Gray played for Chicago. I think he got traded right after 
No, he was on Chicago for a few years and uh, before he got traded. And with that, you I mean, it's kind of a second rounder. It's like, okay, I guess you just kind of pick your best, pick the best. But at the same time, if I draft Joakim Noah, I don't really want to draft a center in the second round. Just because there are a few centers that we've seen like drafted in second round in the second round that have done like great. I mean, there's been there's been a couple great guys, uh, Nikola Jokic, uh, DeAndre Jordan. I think you put in that category. He did great for the where he was in the draft. Those are really the ones that you think of right away. And I mean, sure. I mean, Nikola Jokic has two MVPs. Sure. But it's also like, but if you have Joakim Noah, am I really going to draft Nikola Jokic in the second round? I just don't think so. And then that same year, Detroit drafted Rodney Stuckey and Aaron Aflalo. Now, it says that Rodney Stuckey kind of played point guard in that first year. But to me, it's like they're both undersized guards, and but they can both shoot well. So to me, that's you're getting the same thing. Even though it's different position, you're getting the same player, essentially. So I'm not sure about that pick. And yeah, it's just... It didn't work out, obviously. I mean, Detroit didn't even come close to winning championships. So with that, 2007, have some where you kind of question it, but it's also like, eh, no, no harm really done in those. 2008... um. The, this first one makes no sense to me. So Milwaukee drafted Joe Alexander, and then later in the second round they drafted Luke Mute. They have different positions. Um, Alexander's more of a smaller forward. Uh, Mute is a power forward, essentially. But um, if you go on basketball reference, they are the exact same height and weight. 6'8", 230 pounds. Now... Even if they play different styles. And eventually, Mute, he would go on to play small forward for the Bucks later on. So if I'm drafting, no matter how desperately in need I am of a position, I'm not going for two guys who have, it's not the exact same body type, but when you have the exact same measurements, yeah, you're kind of, I wouldn't do it. Then again, I'm not a GM, so... Who knows, but to me, I want some difference in, I would say, body type. Just because, well, if one guy doesn't work, the second guy is just as likely to fail. And, I mean, Joe Alexander, he didn't last, like, three years in the league. And Bob Mute is at least a solid role player. But it's just crazy to me. It's like... Going through, and you know they they knew, like what they were getting into, same height and weight, but it's like the Joe Alexander pick alone is a terrible pick. I don't know why you would ever, because let's see, Alexander pick eight. Who went after him? DJ Augustine, Brooke Lopez. I know they're not the same position, but still very good players after him. Uh, Robin Lopez went at 15. Roy Hibbert at 17. Those are reaches. Uh, JaVale McGee, J.J. Hickson. J.J. Hickson was 
one of the most untradeable assets I think we've ever seen. There was a one point the Suns asked a straight up trade, JJ Hickson for Amari Stoudemire, and Cleveland said no. <laughs> and if you look at JJ Hickson's career, 534 games, nine and a half points, almost seven rebounds. I mean, not terrible, but if we go to Amari. This will load. 846 games, 18.9 points, almost 8 rebounds a game. Uh, yeah. Missed opportunity there. And I think that was even when, like, the, the Cavs may have still had Shaq. And you wonder, it's like, I know Shaq wasn't that great with, with them, but, uh, that's definitely a what if, for sure. Uh, also in 2008, Golden State drafted Anthony Randolph and... Richard Hendricks, and Hendricks never played, but, and Randolph's classified as a power forward, Hendricks, he has the height of a small forward, he's like 6'8", but he was 250 pounds, so you have to assume at that point, he was going to play power forward behind Anthony Randolph, in which I could not imagine, and think of this, Richard Hendricks, I think he played three years at Alabama. I can make sure. We go to Richard Hendricks's basketball reference. Okay, it's not even there. I think he played three years Alabama. I'm almost certain. And you get to the NBA and you have to, in order to earn your spot, you have to sit behind a guy in Anthony Randolph who played one year at LSU. And got drafted, let's see, Richard Hendricks draft 49th and Randolph at 14. And you're thinking, well, obviously they like this guy more than me already. So I'm going to have to work twice as hard. Or they're just not going to even count on me. And they didn't. He never played. Not even a single game in the NBA. So just one of those things where it's like, I know you never sign them, but at the same time, you're kind of, you're wasting, if you sign them, you're wasting money. If you don't sign them, you're wasting a pick, in my opinion. Like, after Devin, after Hendricks, Darnell Jackson, who is, again, our power forward, played three years in the NBA. Uh, no one really played much after but Joe Crawford he played one year he's a shooting guard you can give him a chance I don't know 2009 is probably the year that people think of the most when and I think they were going with this no matter what the Timberwolves are going to draft two point guards no matter what they draft Ricky Rubio who back then Ricky Rubio was the thing like it was a no-brainer that Minnesota should have taken him. Then they go Johnny Flynn out of Syracuse. Someone who, again, this is me when I'm eight years old. But at the same time, I was like, man, I like that Johnny Flynn pick. And all I knew about Johnny Flynn was that he was in all the basketball magazines. Like, if you're, every team has like a page, especially if you're in a high major conference every team has a page in these college basketball yearbooks 
And um, if your picture is like, there's either one or two pictures depending on the magazine. Most of them only have one picture. If your picture was on your team, you were the best player. And he was in everyone. He was the consensus best player. He was like, I think in those magazines, he was picked to be first team All-American. I was like, Johnny Flynn, awesome. And also he had that orange headband. That was sick. Fortunately, didn't work. Not even close to working. I do have Johnny Flynn rookie cards, though. Um, yeah, but Steph Curry was picked right after. At number seven. So... They were going to pick point guards no matter what. So, really, they had a lot of faith in Rubio. I'm not sure if Kurt, I'm not sure if Steph would have gotten a lot of time. But at some point, you had to have to think, okay, well, Steph was going to have to get better. He's going to improve at some point. His potential was always there. And, um, yeah, just one of those things where not – looked on well in the um, con era of Minnesota. There's a lot in 2009, actually. As Detroit drafted Austin Day and Dewan Summers in the second round and Jonas Jerebko in the second round, getting three guys who can switch between small forward and power forward. Getting two guys. I mean, if you get Day and Jonas Jerebko, you're probably fine. But, uh, nope, just had to go with three of them, because why not? Chicago drafted James Johnson and Taj Gimson, both in the first round. I think Taj played more center um, those first few years, but, I mean, James Johnson could have played small forward, but I think they slide him at power forward for some reason. And then Portland drafted Victor Claver, a guy I've never heard of, and Dante Cunningham. Cunningham in the second round. Um, both just not great picks, honestly. Because we go 2009, who was picked after Victor Claver that you could have been... Yeah, probably should have taken him. Let's see. Victor Claver, 22. Omri Caspi went after him. Taj Gibson, Damari Carroll. These are like guys in the same position. Those are guys left in the first round. Dante Cunningham was... Pick 33, Claver is 22. Just, it doesn't make sense to me at all. Like, maybe Claver was going to be a draft and stash guy. So it was like, all right, we got to pick Dante Cunningham. But, uh, I don't know. 2010, this one kind of makes sense. Could. Uh, Sacramento drafted DeMarcus Cousins and then Hassan Whiteside in the second round. Whiteside didn't really become Hassan Whiteside until after he left the Kings. But at the same time, pick someone else. Like, honestly. Who came after Hassan Whiteside? Nemanja Bialinsa. Bialinsia, sorry. 2022 NBA champion. Played a little bit on the Warriors this year. That's a guy who's like a power forward. So you're try, trying to go the same position. Landry Fields went after him. Lance Stevenson was slotted at 40. A lot of guys in here were. Could have picked them and it would have been a lot better situation for you. 
and especially down the line, especially when the Kings were like okay with DeMarcus Cousins was like on MVP level right before he got traded to New Orleans. Imagine having a guy who's just who was at least there, like Bialencia. Bialencia. I can't talk. Bialencia. Lance Stevenson. Landry Fields. Imagine having a guy there. Like, having a better shooting guard than what you had. It just doesn't make sense to me to draft the same position. Just go out in free agency. It makes no sense. 2011, Sacramento went back-to-back years and doing terrible stuff like this. They traded Jim, They traded for Jimmer Fredette and then drafted Isaiah Thomas. And I get it. Isaiah Thomas is 60th pick. He kind of go best available, whatever. But it's... The whole Jimmer thing just really ruins this. I think if Jimmer would have been halfway decent in the NBA and actually be able to play a shooting guard, it would have been all right. But at six foot two, you're going to have to play point guard. It's like Steph Curry. Steph could have left Davidson after his sophomore year as a shooting guard. No one would have drafted him as a shooting guard. He had to go back and refine his skills as a point guard for him to get drafted so high. Jimmer Fredette just took the world by storm. And come and then he went to the draft and everyone was like, Well you gotta get Jimmer at some point. He's gotta be like top fifteen. How wrong we were. And Isaiah Thomas, I mean, went on to be an all star. Both of them are essentially like out of the league now. I mean Tom, Isaiah's trying to come back. I get it. He had the injuries. Um, he signed with Washington there for a little bit. So we'll see if if Isaiah Thomas has any more left. 2012, got a few of them here. Charlotte drafted Michael Kidd-Gilchrist and Jeff Taylor, two guys who played quite a bit of minutes, at, and they're both at the same position. And if we go to 2012, we'll see who was drafted after Jeff Taylor. Jeff Taylor is the first pick of the second round. Let's see. Thomas Sadoransky. Decent Jay Crowder slotted a few picks back. I mean, Draymond Green at 35. The Hornets could have had a somewhat decent player alongside Kemba Walker with Draymond Green. Chris Milton went at 39. Will Barton at 40. And those are kind of reaches at that point. I mean, when you're talking to jump 10 picks, that's those are kind of reaches. At that point. And then Washington drafted Bradley Beal. And they stashed Tomas Sadoransky until 2017. And here's I under here's what I get. I understand Portland in 2009 drafting Victor Claver. Probably assuming a draft and stash. And then picking someone in the same position to fill that role for that time. I don't get drafting someone who is going to play his first year. Like, he's going to play the same year you draft him. And then stash a guy at the same position. That doesn't make sense to me. Just because, I mean, Bradley Beal obviously turned out awesome, so anything Sadoransky did just didn't matter. But it's like, if I'm drafting this guy, especially at number three in the draft, I'm drafting this guy to be my future. 
but I'm also going to stash someone at the same position just in case he's not exactly the future I want. Like, if you're going to stash someone, stash someone else. It's the same draft. Pick Draymond Green. Like, pick Jay Crowder. Who cares? Jeff Taylor, if he wasn't available. I mean, if he was available at that point. Quincy Acey. Just anyone else, honestly. Mike Scott is a solid player. And then Golden State drafted Festus Azilian and stashed Ongjin Kuzmic in, until 2014. Again, this is for 2012. Um, I mean, Azili just happened to be good. It's normal one of things like, why do you stash someone at the same position, a guy you just drafted? It is, I don't. I don't get it. It really. I, I just don't get it. If you're gonna pick the stash first, fine. But if you're gonna pick the guy who's gonna play for you right away first, don't stash someone in the same position. To me, that's another waste of a pick. I don't even know if Kuzmic came over. Actually, I think he did. He was on the 2015 championship team apparently, and I. I don't know. Doesn't really make sense to me. If you're going to draft someone, why stash in the same position? That's it. 2014, there's only one. It's doesn't really matter. And then Oklahoma City drafted both Mitch McGarry and Josh Huestis, both power forwards. Did not matter at all. They're both not that great. 2016, this is the one Brett, to me, it was the first thing I think of when why do you draft in the same position? Phoenix drafted Dragon Bender and then traded for Marquise Chris. And 2016, we're after this is after LeBron wins the championship in Cleveland. At this point, the league already knows if you are going to be successful, you need to add shooting to your team. They draft Dragon Bender, who was. Not, I mean, he was highly touted going into the draft, but you're like, he's he played four years in the league. And Marquise Chris, who was somewhat decent when once he got out of Phoenix. And then it took them until pick 34 to draft a point guard in Tyler Eulis. And they could have had a, a plenty more. If you don't draft Dragon Bender, you have Chris Dunn, Buddy Heal, Jamal Murray. But no. I had to get Dragon Bender and Marquise Chris just because they're going to work very well together. You know, it's going to be, we're going to be like the, the Rockets back in 1984 with Hakeem and Ralph Sampson. It's like, that worked for like two years. Like, yeah, but it worked. It's like, well, work is a very hard it's like a very flexible term and this because they didn't win a championship they made it to the finals and got i think they got swept by the celtics it's like but yeah but everyone talked about them we're gonna be everyone's gonna talk about us that's not what you want that's really not what you want and they were right i mean everyone did talk about them and the one that's gonna be one of the dumbest things you could do and then so marquis chris was drafted by the kings Traded to the Suns. The Kings traded for both of the Suns picks of 
Georgios Papianis and Scalabissier, both power forwards once again. So they both made the same mistake. And then the Nuggets drafted Jamal Murray and then later drafted Malik Beasley. These were all first-round picks, by the way. Like, none of these were like, oh, you know, they're just going to best available in the second round. No, these were both, these were all first-round picks. And, I mean, Jamal Murray and Malik Beasley end up working because Murray moved to point guard. But in that first year, first couple years, he was purely shooting guard. So we'll have to see. 2017, the Kings just fumbling in again. The Kings are always in here. I mean, are we really surprised? Literally, like, just earlier I was talking about how they shouldn't have drafted Keegan Murray. So we'll see. Uh, so the Kings drafted De'Aaron Fox and Frank Mason the third. I think they were trusting Frank Mason the third to carry over what he did in college which was National Player of the Year level. But that's just not who he was in the league. I mean, he was, what, six foot one at best? It's just wasn't that great. Darren Fox, I mean, he's still kicking it with the Kings. I mean, he had a pretty good backcourt main, Tyrese Halbert, and then they traded him away. So that's the Kings for you. That same draft, uh, the Kings drafted Portland. Drafted Zach Collins, traded him to Portland, and then Portland drafted Caleb Swanigan. By the way, I did find my Caleb Swanigan Portland jersey. So, you're going to have to put that in the frame at some point. Uh, rest in peace, Biggie. But to me, it doesn't make any sense here. It's And it especially did not work for Caleb in this situation. Even though that when Caleb Swanigan was carrying their summer league team to a championship, I think they ended up losing to the Lakers. It just still wasn't, apparently wasn't enough to prove himself. And Zach Collins, who I swear, I don't think he did anything in that summer league, got the position over him and then rest is history. 2018, this is another one of the first ones I thought of. Uh, the Clippers traded for Shea Gilgis Alexander, a point guard at that point in time, and then draft Jeremy Ro Jerome Robinson, a point guard, shooting guard. Both of them are, both of them are combo guards. Uh, Shea Gilgis Alexander, he's a perimeter all star, like he's on the cusp, and then you know. Jerome Robinson, I I'm pretty sure he's out of the league. So, on to 2019. The Hawks trade for DeAndre Hunter because the Lakers and, well, not the Lakers, LeBron hates rookies, so they traded him. I think this was, I don't even remember what this was for, but then they draft Cam Reddish, and then Minnesota trades for Jarrett Culver and drafts Jalen Noel in the second round. And so I'll talk about the Hawks one because the Minnesota one, Jared Culver's not, not really doing what everyone thought he would. And Jalen Knowles, a second round pick. But the DeAndre Hunter Cam Reddish thing, it always seems to me that one or the other is in the high, is in like highlights or in the or in the headlines as like, oh, he had a good game. He had a good game. It's like if you. Pick someone at a different position, 
you have a really good player here instead of these guys competing against each other and, you know, like taking minutes from each other and be like, oh, man, in DeAndre Hunter's 20 minutes, he did this, Cam Reddish, and, and two days later, Cam Reddish and his 20 minutes do this. And it's like, if you draft in a different position, like maybe DeAndre Hunter or Cam Reddish is a borderline all-star. We just don't know. Because hindsight's always twenty twenty, but I mean, it just doesn't make sense to me, and that didn't really make sense when I just said that. We don't really know because I mean, never happened. But hindsight is always twenty twenty, and saying if you pick someone else, it's probably better off. That's why I meant by that. Twenty twenty, nothing happened. Uh, twenty twenty one, Houston drafted Jalen Green and Josh Christopher, both in the first round. It's too early to tell if this was good enough or not. I mean, Jalen Green kind of looked like he didn't deserve to be number two overall until the last month or so. So we'll have to see with those. And then finally, the Thunder draft Chet Holmgren, trade for Osman Jang, and then draft Jalen Williams. And this is the Jalen Williams from, I think, Alabama, right? Not... Because there's, I get confused, there's a guy from Arkansas. No, he's from Arkansas. Jalen Williams from Arkansas. They also got Jalen Williams. If I can find. From Santa Clara, but he's a guard. But yeah. Three centers. And I mean, Chet, he can probably play four, maybe three. Especially with his frame. But um, all that anyone talked about was the Thunder having a ton of picks. They traded for a million different picks. And with those picks, instead of, you know, diversifying and getting guys, you know, maybe get a backup point guard for Shea, maybe get a, you don't really need a shooting guard because you just got Josh Giddy. But, you know, maybe a small forward, power forward. You go for three centers who, again, I mentioned earlier, the league knows by now you don't necessarily need centers to win. Obviously, you need guys to be tough. I mean, we see Robert Williams. He did great in the finals this year. But, my God, you need guys who can shoot or... The center is a dying position. Even, like, we're in positionless basketball. And it's just, like, anyone can play at five now, honestly. If you're big enough, you can. Like, Draymond Green slots into a five sometimes. And yet, one of these guys is going to develop. That's going to be Chet Holmgren. I bet Jalen Williams will either be uses trade bay or he just won't be signed. So there's Jalen Williams' career as we know it. But Osman Jang, it's like I don't know. Oh and by the way here's the thing. He was drafted by the Knicks, right? And I mean the draft is always in Barclays Center in Brooklyn. Knicks fans are there, Nets fans are there in droves. 
Would Knicks fans stop booing a guy if they don't know who he is? Like, we saw this with Chris Stapps Porzingis. He was getting booed relentlessly. Frank Nadalakina, I bet he got booed. Just because he's foreign doesn't mean he sucks. And then... And then the Knicks are mad that they trade all these guys. Like, you were just booing Jang not even 15 minutes ago. And then he gets traded for nothing but picks. And you're like, oh my god, here go... We're we're gonna... We're just saving up space. Why are we even doing this? We should have kept our picks. Oh my god. Knicks fans are the worst. You, you're you in the playoffs for one year. Ever since, like, for the first time since Carmelo Anthony was in town. Which, by god, what was that, 2014? We get it. You're the Knicks. You expect a lot. Everyone expects a lot of the Knicks. But my god, you haven't been good since 1999. Chill out. This takes time. Stuff like this just takes time. The Knicks, I mean, they're always going to be relevant just because they're in the biggest market in the world. But my god. Boo everyone you get. If you're in their number one stars, Julius Randle. And just get mad that Trey Young absolutely kicks your teeth in. And you're going to be mad at him for the rest of his career just because you lost to him in the first round of the playoffs? Yeah, okay. And everyone's saying, oh my god, the Knicks made the playoffs. The Knicks are back. No, they're not. It was a weird year. Guess what? The next year, Julius Randle, your all-star, didn't do good. In fact, he did terrible. So yeah, put all your faith in Jalen Brunson, a guy who, again, I think is a solid number two, but doesn't need to be a number one. Even if you're putting Julius Randle as your number one, my God, that's a bad number one option. So anyway, back to what I was talking about. Yeah, the Thunder um, staying in their ways of going old school and drafting three centers. Everyone needs to grow up. Like, the three-point revolution has been here for so long. It's not going to work just drafting center after center after center. I get it. The Warriors drafted a ton of centers back in the day. Guess what? That was when they had the 30th pick in the draft because they were too busy winning. And even those centers they drafted, yeah, they contributed. I understand. But, I mean, they'd have them for like a year at most. Kevon Looney's like the longest term player from those drafts when they were winning championships in the late 2010s. Kevon Looney. They drafted Jordan Bell. He was gone. Vessus Azili is gone. A lot of these guys are gone because they're not necessarily needed. They just draft them for the fun, let Draymond develop them, and then go on. 
Pick another one. They got James Wiseman on their bench. Just, but, and another reason why they drafted all the centers because they had their core. Like, the Thunder don't have their core yet. They have SGA and Josh Giddy. That's it. That's like their core for now. And they, it's it's like they're acting like they still have Paul George, Russell Westbrook, and Melo. It's like, yeah, we got our core. Yeah, it's just draft centers. No, you don't. I mean, all three of those guys have left and gone on to somewhat greener pastures, I guess. R- Russ and Melo are on the Lakers, and they miss the playoffs. And Paul George is injured all the time, but still. Grow up. Realize that you need more than centers to win this league. It's not 1996 anymore. Because trust me, if it was 1996, Purdue would be the number one school in the country every year. Because all the because they because they develop a lot of centers. <laughs> it's called Big Man U for a reason. Guess what? None of them get drafted high. The ones that get drafted high, the only one that has been drafted any relatively high ever since 1993 or 94 was Jaden Ivey. I think he was the highest Purdue pick. I mean, Purdue's had two number one picks in their whole time. Joe Barry Carroll, Glenn Robinson. I think... Jaden, well, Russell Cross, I think he went six before. I think Jaden Ivey is like the sec, the sec, uh, the third highest pick we Purdue's ever had. That's saying something because I mean Purdue's had a lot of really good players, but they're just not meant for the NBA. In which a lot of these guys are not meant for the NBA. Like, a lot of centers in the league, in the country are not meant for the NBA. Kofi Coburn is one of the more dominating players we've seen in college basketball the past few years. Went undrafted. Time to grow up and wake up to, to just seeing what you need. The Warriors have it. They have the blueprint. I get it. The blueprint it had a lot of luck in it, but still, you didn't see them going out. Oh yeah, the main guy. The main guy was Andrew Bogut. It's like no, he was a secondary guy. Your main guy is Steph, Clay, Draymond, Harrison Barnes meant a lot to those teams, and then Andrew Bogut. Yeah, so that's it for this week. Um, yeah, if you're a GM or an owner, or whatever. Um, yeah, I would stop picking in the same position because I don't think it's ever worked ever. I didn't go. Maybe I didn't go back far enough, but even if I didn't go back far enough, we're in a different era. So it just doesn't make sense to me. So with that, that'll be it for this week's episode. Uh, thank you so much for listening. We have 4th of July coming up next week. So hope everyone enjoys that. Stay safe out there. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at DFR zero zero. And I will talk to you next week. Peace.
Thanks for listening to this presentation of the Trine Broadcasting Network, part of the Center for Sports Studies at Trine University. Learn more at trine.edu.